Good morning, sisters. Welcome once again to our devotional. Um, we've been looking at success as obedience, and today is day four, and we're looking at partial obedience uh, is disobedience, and partial faith is no faith at all. We're going to first quickly read the scriptures, then we will look at the devotional itself. So we're reading Genesis chapter 22 from verse 1 to 19 and proverbs chapter 3 from verse 5 to 6. so genesis 22 from verse 1 it says now it came to pass after these things that god tested abraham and said to abraham and said to him abraham and he said here i am he said take now your son your only son isaac whom you love and go to the land of moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which i shall tell you so Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey, took two of his young men with him, and Isaac his son, and he split the wood for the burnt offering, arose, and went to the place of which God had told him. Then on the third day Abraham lifted his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said to his young men, Stay here with the donkey, the lad and I will go yonder and worship, and we will come back to you. So Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac his son, and he took the fire in his hand and a knife, and the two of them went together. But Isaac spoke to Abraham his father and said, My father, and he said, Here I am, my son. Then he said, Look, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? And Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself the lamb for a burnt offering. So the two of them went together. Take note of that scripture. It says, God will provide for himself a lamb for the burnt offering. So when God gives you an instruction, uh, do not let fear, anxiety, or any forms of obscurity, things that are unclear, to interfere. If you want to believe God, you believe Him absolutely. And uh, whilst we're all growing in that journey, it's an encouragement that, you know, just keep growing in the faith which uh, you have in the Lord because it pays off. So take note, just take note of that scripture and let's see how it paid off later. So, verse 9. It says, then they came to the place of which God had told him. And take note, Abraham didn't say that because he was hoping that God would stop him from killing Isaac or offering Isaac to him. He just said it in faith and he said it as a response, as a faith response to Isaac. But as far as he was concerned, he was going there to offer Isaac to him, to God. He says, and Abraham built an altar there and placed the wood in order and he bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar upon the wood, and Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. So he said, Here I am. And he said, Do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him, for now I know that you fear God, since you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. And Abraham lifted his eyes and looked, and there behind him was a ram caught in a ticket, you know, by its horn. So Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up for a burnt offering instead of his son. And Abraham called the name of the place the Lord will provide, as it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord, it shall be provided. Then the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time out of heaven and said, By myself I have sworn, says the Lord, because you have done this thing and have not withheld your son, your only son. Blessing, I will bless you. Multiplying, I will multiply you as the stars of the heaven and as the sand <clears throat> which is on the seashore and your descendants shall possess 
the gates of their enemies. Let me quickly go to verse 1. Take note here. The Bible started that scripture by saying in verse 1, Now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham. So sometimes the things that happen to us are tests. And if you are not careful, you wouldn't even know. And you may use your hand and mess it all up. So when we're dealing with God, let's deal with God in faith. In faith, in faith, in faith, in faith. Okay. Okay, so back to the reading. So uh, so the Lord blessed him and all that. In the last verse, let me see. Okay, in verse 17, it says, Blessing, I will bless you, multiply, and I will multiply your descendants as the stars of the heaven and as the sand which is on the seashore. Your descendants shall possess the gates of their enemy. In your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. So Abraham returned to his young men and they rose and went together to Beersheba. And Abraham went to dwell in Beersheba. Now Proverbs chapter 3 verse 5 and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path. He will direct your path. Okay, so let's go to the body of the devotional. It says, Have you ever been blindfolded? Maybe walking into a surprise party or for some kind of game. In those moments when you couldn't see, did you cling a little closer to the person guiding you? Of course you did. As we take steps of obedience into our future, we have to be okay with a blurry view because choosing to obey doesn't always mean the path will become clearer. But it should mean that we get closer to our guide and that's the whole point. We have to be okay with unanswered questions, confusing situations, uncertain timelines. These are the moments that will push us to cling a little closer to Jesus. These are the moments that help us understand what it looks like to actually have faith. And this is me talking. I want to say, yes, these are real, real realities and situations that come up in all our lives. And genuinely, God does not always tell you the whole story. He gives you the story in stages. So, yes, these are the things that help us to cling to God and keep following him one phase after the other, one season after the other. It says in the text we read today, God asked Abraham to sacrifice his only son Isaac in an incredible giant enormous leap of faith. Abraham told God yes. God then stopped Abraham from killing his son. And we see one of the most intense texts of the Bible. So Abraham didn't have answers. What God asked him to do didn't make sense, nor was it easy. But at that moment, Abraham clung to God and knew that his ways were better. Abraham knew God's thoughts were higher, and obedience was the only option. Imagine that depth of obedience. Do you ever ask for the details before you decide to obey? Yes, me too. We talk in business all the time about non-negotiables. Well, God has non-negotiables for us too. Obedience is one of them. Partial obedience is disobedience. Partial faith is really is, is, isn't faith at all. You can't keep calling out to your sovereign God and then forget He is sovereign when the story doesn't play out the way you want it. It says He is either in control of you or He's not. It's time to be okay with an unclear, bumpy, and somewhat hidden path because the visibility of the path doesn't matter. The guide, however, is who matters. A guide, and that's God. It's God that matters. Whether the path is clear or invisible or bumpy and all that, it doesn't matter. I doubt you will be here if you didn't have complete and total faith in your guide. Cling to him, walking obedience. And when I say it doesn't matter, this is me talking. I'm saying that it's not because human beings do not want clarity, but if you're waiting to have clarity about everything before you obey God, you'll never obey God. And you're going to lose out on God. You're going to miss God where you're waiting for explanations. 
just learn to obey God. Just learn to submit to Him. Just learn to follow Him one day at a time. And you will have peace. It's, in short, you have peace. It's a better place for you. It says, just like today's verse, don't lean on your own understanding, but trust He will make your path straight. Proverbs 3, verse 5 to 6. So we pray today, Lord, show yourself to us. Give us the faith to obey you and draw us closer in the name of Jesus. We, we just pray that the Holy Spirit will give us the wisdom to obey him, the wisdom, you know, to obey him, the wisdom to submit to his own counsel and not necessarily our counsel because the counsel of man, it doesn't profit anything. The counsel of man does not profit anything. No matter what anybody tries to paint it as the counsel of man, does not profit anything. A man may have good ideas that are not bad, but it may not even be God's intention for you. So the wisest thing to do in this world is speak with the Lord, align with his leading as he's leading you in your path. Follow him one day at a time. Follow him one step at a time, one stage at a time. Let him guide the way. You're safer in God's leadership. You're safer in God managing you. You are safer. You're going to get a value result at the end of the day. God bless you. God bless you. We pray that these words will produce value results in our lives. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. God bless you. Talk to you tomorrow. Hello, sisters. A good day and welcome once again. And it's the final day of our devotional study on success is obedience. Success is obedience. So I'm going to quickly read uh, three scriptures and then we'll read the body of the devotional to share the thoughts from it. So Genesis nineteen fourteen to 26, 1 Corinthians 5, verse 1, Philippians 4, verse 7. So I'm starting with Genesis chapter 19 from verse 14. It says, So Lot went out and spoke to his sons-in-law, who had married his daughters, and said, Get up, get out of this place, for the Lord will destroy this city. But to his sons-in-laws, he seemed to be joking. When the morning dawned, the angel urged Lot to hurry, saying, Arise, take your wife and your two daughters who are here, lest you be consumed in the punishment of the city. And while he lingered, the men took hold of his hand, his wife's hand, and the hands of his two daughters, the Lord being merciful to him. Take note, the Lord being merciful to him. And they brought him out and set him outside the city. And so when it came to pass, so it came to pass when they had brought them outside that he said, escape for your life. Do not look behind you, nor stay anywhere in the plain. Escape to the mountains, lest you be destroyed. Then Lord said to them, please know my Lord. Indeed, now that your servant has found favor in your sight and you have increased your mercy, which you have shown me, with which you have shown me by saving my life. But I cannot escape into the mountains, lest some evil overtake me and I die. See now, this city is near enough to flee to. And it is a little one. Please let me escape there. Is it not a little one? And my soul shall live. And he said to him, See, I have favored you concerning this thing also, in that I will not overthrow this city for which you have spoken. Wow. It says, Hurry, escape there. For I cannot do anything until you arrive. Wow. Wow. See the mercy of God. I cannot do anything until you arrive there. Therefore, the name of the city was called Zoar. Wow. The sun had risen upon the earth when Lot entered Zoar. Then the Lord rained brimstone 
and fire on Sodom and Gomorrah from the Lord out of the heavens. So he overthrew those cities, all the plains, all the inhabitants of the cities, and what grew on the ground. But sadly, his wife looked back behind him, and she became a pillar of salt. Uh, the next scripture is 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 1. It says, For we know that if our earthly house, this tent, is destroyed, we have a building from God. A house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. Philippians 4 verse 7, And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. I repeat Second Corinthians 5 verse 1. It says, For we know that if our earthly house, this tent, as this body is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens eternal in the heavens so we'll read the devotional it says in this crazy world i often hear parents say they just want to create a home where their children feel safe and insecure and secure sorry if some of us had our way we'll opt for a bubble where we would hide our little families away and protect them from the brokenness that is all around us and that's not a bad thing i get it but my friend it is far from the best thing Jonah disobeyed and ran away from God and toward security, which landed him in the belly of a large fish. Or like the story we read today, Lot's wife disobeyed God's plan and made the choice to look back at what she thought was security, which resulted in her instant transformation into a pile of salt. And generally, this is me talking. It makes a lot of sense. You know, it makes a lot of sense. I believe the woman was looking back at what she was used to as her source of security, as what made a lot of sense to her as the country and the home she was used to, the place that has housed her and her family for so many years. And sadly, that was looking onto security instead of obedience, and she turned into a pillar of salt. All over scripture, we see examples of God's people ignoring his direction for the sake of safety and security. Never did it end well for them. So this is me talking. Imagine Jesus was looking at the security and the safety and the comfort of heaven and didn't come down, you know, and he didn't come down to save us. We'll be doomed. And Jesus Christ himself won't be king of kings or lord of lords. His name will not be the name above all names. It, would, it wouldn't just have ended well, you know, with his, with his deityship and that next phase of his godship that manifested by obedience. So... It becomes, it, the, the more we look at this, it's, it's imperative we realize the value of obedience over security. The obedience, there's, there's strong value in obedience over security. It says, listen, I really, do, I really do want my kids to feel safe, but only because they trust Jesus. I want my kids to feel stable, but only because they have experienced his peace that passes all understanding. Philippians 4, 7, during our unstable times. That's, I want my kids to experience his peace, the personal all understanding during very unstable times. I want my kids to feel secure, but not, but only because they know that mom and dad are working with Jesus. And no matter where we go, he will take care of us. The pursuit of earthly security can sometimes lead us in a direction that is completely opposite of where God wants us. 
True security can only be found living out God's plan for your life. Don't rob yourself or your family of the blessings and the incredible adventure that God will give you when you focus on living in obedience rather than living in security. There's no, there's no better way to say this. That this is really explicit. There is no better way. It is a natural inclination to look towards security, you know. But it's it's imperative that we learn how to lean towards obedience and not security. Jesus said, if you will lose your life for me, then you will gain it. He that tries to save his life will lose it. And he that tries to lose his life for my sake will gain it. So, I think the scripture is very clear with regards to the, the value between leaning towards security and leaning towards obedience. God speaking in, in 2 Samuel, I think 15.25, if I'm right, we, I can, it can be double-checked. It says that obedience is better than sacrifice and to hacking than the fat of rams. Obedience is better than sacrifice and to hacking than the fat of rams. Rebellion is like the sin of witchcraft. So sometimes what you call rebellion is just the opposite of obedience is rebellion. Leaning onto your own ideologies and all that is rebellion. And God sees it as a sin of witchcraft. He says that obedience is better to him than sacrifices, you know. And hearkening to him is more important to him than the fat of ram. So there is no offering you can give to God that can dissuade him from, uh, from focusing on what he's asking you for. There's no sacrifice that is more important to God than obedience. So if you're sacrificing in obedience, then it's acceptable. If you're sacrificing in disobedience, then it is not acceptable. Look at, look at uh, the, the sacrifice of Cain. That uh, sacrifice was made contrary to what God wants. And it became an abomination. And God was not happy with him. Cain in anger went and killed Abel. But it didn't change the fact that his sacrifice was done outside God's preference. And so what did that do? He just kept escalating his judgments, kept escalating his challenges, kept escalating his problems. Obedience is better than sacrifice to hacking than the fat of ram. Success is interpreted by our obedience to God's instruction. Hallelujah. So our prayer here is, Lord, uh, we want life, want a life that you provide and nothing else. Our focus is what you provide and nothing else. Help us understand that in your hands is the safest place for us to be. Forgive us for the times that we've gotten into the way of you being able to use us and our family and to help us in alignment with your own will. Forgive us for the times we've tried to create our own ideas you know, of your will. We align ourselves to God and we see the capacity to keep ourselves in your hands and not in what we interpret as security. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Hello everyone. Good morning once again and welcome to our devotional. Um, the focus this time is 40 days in the world. It's about 31 days actually of study. But I think it covers maybe stuff that could do for 40 days. 
And day one, our study is focused on preparing your heart for good reception. Preparing your heart for good reception. This devotional is by Rick Warren. And I'm going to be reading as usual and share other thoughts as we go forward. So it says, let's say your heart or no, let's say you are a gardener. You've learned that you can take the exact same seed and plant it in three different locations and get three different results. So in one spot, you get you get giant tomatoes. In another spot, you get small tomatoes. In a third spot, you get nothing. What's the difference? It's not the seed. It's the soil. The soil must be prepared for the seed. The same is true when you hear God's word. It's why you can take two people to church, set them side by side, and one will walk out thinking God really spoke to him and the other won't get anything out of the service. The heart of one person was prepared, the other person's heart wasn't. Your heart has to be prepared for the word. If you get up late, have trouble finding a parking spot, and you are irritated as you rush into church, you'll probably not uh, hear God's word or hear God's voice. You're not in a receptive mood. The Bible says everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. This is James chapter 1 verse 19b to 21. And uh, this is the new international version, NIV. For good reception, this passage teaches you that you have to have four attitudes. One, you must be quiet. You can't hear God if you're talking. Two, you have to be calm. You can't rush God. If you're frantic, you're not going to hear God. The Bible says, be still and know that I'm God. My translation of that is sit down and, sh and shut up. Okay, number three, you have to be clean. Before you can meet with God, you need to take out some emotion now. Uh, you need to take out some emotional and spiritual garbage. You need to get rid of the stuff that stinks in your life. You get rid of the garbage by confessing your sin to God. And this is me now talking, appropriating the blood of Christ and, you know, doing a time of communion with the Holy Spirit to cleanse you and to strengthen you again to do the right thing. Now, the Bible, this, this devotional says, and I agree with him, you know, what you did wrong. Okay, now, the, the fourth point is you need to be humble. You need to be humble. Be ready to do whatever God tells you from his word. A prideful attitude won't work. Uh, me talking personally, there is not much else that is there to be said about this because the honest truth is if you want to receive from God, you must understand one major strategy, protect your heart. Protect your heart. You must learn how to cleanse yourself. You must learn how to de congest your heart of noise of sin of garbage of anxiety you must know how to decongest your heart and these things you do it through worship through 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 praise through prayer through confession you say you you know you say words scriptural words that bring about cleansing and then you it opens up your human spirit and you can hear god when you're going to god's presence to receive you know stay away from unnecessary noise declutter your spirit declutter yourself from anything that will bring about stress in your spirit man uh let me read let's read the following scriptures 
Romans chapter 10, verse 17, it says, So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So the word of God must be heard. You know, the scripture says that the entrance of God's word, it gives light, and it gives understanding to the simple. Until that word enters, it cannot give light. So you must allow the word of God to enter. The entrance of God's word is what gives light, you know, and then understanding. So if that access happens the light will shine through if that access doesn't happen that whole process will be a failed one james chapter 1 in verse 19 to 21 it says so then my beloved brethren let every man be swift to hear slow to speak slow to rat for the rot of man does not produce the righteousness of god therefore lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your soul this is new king james version this is me reading from my bible okay so this is god's word to us today you know to watch our hearts to protect our hearts to learn how to cleanse our hearts decongest our hearts uh quieting our spirits uh, prepare ourselves to receive God's word as God's word should be received so that it can have access, it can be uh, incubated, and then it can produce results. So we pray that these words, you know, have added value to us and can help us begin to uh, close gaps where there are gaps in our mode of receiving from God. And then I guess in the coming days, there'll be other things to share in this area. But one of the things I would like to say before we go is that we should accept God's word as the final authority over our life. And when we're coming into his presence, you know, to receive of him, then the condition of our heart is very, very, very key to being able to receive from God. So learn how to shield your heart, learn how to cleanse your heart, learn how to, when I mean shield your heart, not to hide stuff in your heart, but to shield your heart from being worn out, from being messed up, from being uh, controlled by anxiety, by pain, by anything. Learn how to release things to God at the altar and be free so you can fly light. God bless you as you receive the word of God and allow it to prosper in your heart and in your life thereof. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Holy Spirit, let your word prevail. Let your word prosper in the hearts of the people. Blessed be your holy name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. Talk to you tomorrow.